In a world where people are famous for doing nothing, we're here to discover the ordinary individuals who take giant leaps to do something extraordinary. Welcome to Moving Forward. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome. This is John Lim, co-host of Moving Forward, and I am really excited to be interviewing today my co-host, Kristen Nepper. Now, earlier, Kristen actually interviewed me and introduced uh, you all to myself. And tonight, I have the pleasure of talking to Kristen. Now, Kristen has an extraordinary background. She's an attorney. She's worked in politics. She was a staffer for the late Senator Kennedy. She's worked in uh, commercial litigation and in large law. And now she is currently an account manager with a Fortune 500 company working with many different clients. Kristen, though, has so many facets to her. She is also a coach. Uh, focusing on spirituality, the power of relationships, and wellness. And she is an accomplished author as well. She is working on her first book. I had a chance to read an early copy of it. It is fantastic. And I know it's going to touch a lot of people. So welcome, Kristen. How are you? I'm great after that introduction. I'm going to keep you around all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. Well, Kristen, I've told our listeners a little bit about you, just some of the highlights. So I think our listeners are now curious to learn more about you. So would you care to fill in the what I like to call the professional and life resume and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, so I think the life resume, the personal for me is more impactful than the professional, but I want to explain how it worked as a mask in my case. So I lived in what I've heard Christine Hassler refer to as the if then. So if only I get this job, then I'll be happy. Or if only I bought this cashmere sweater, then I would be happy. Or if only I got this law degree, then I would be happy. And I really lived my life in my teens and early 20s and even into my 30s chasing that idea. And I was constantly attempting to achieve achieve, 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 achieve. So getting into the right college, um, getting into the right internship program. And it looked really great on the outside. My life seemed to be very together. I had worked uh, in, for the Clinton administration. I had the honor of working for the late, as you mentioned, Senator Ted Kennedy, which was such a thrill for me. And I got a law degree. I worked at a large law firm. Um, all of these things were really, you know, playing to my ego. And I was so concerned about other people, what other people thought of me and the story I was portraying to them. And really on the outside, I just felt or in the inside, I should say, I felt absolutely empty. I was going through the motions and, you know, hitting all the checklist, as I like to say, for the marks of success. I met someone, I got married, we bought a house, we had a dog, and I was just completely unfulfilled personally because I wasn't listening to my own intuition about what it was that filled me up and made me happy. Wow. I think a lot of us uh, can relate to the if then. I know I have had that in my past and just sort of seeing that checklist of what I think I ought to do or what I think I should do. And then at the end of the day, you're just not feeling fulfilled. So I think that's really, really powerful. And, and thank you for sharing that. Kristen, tell us, you know, what are you passionate about and how did you discover that passion? Well, it's funny. I feel as though I'm finally getting back to it. But one of the things, one of my earliest memories was seeing Marilyn Monroe on television. It must have been 
the anniversary of her death. And I remember saying to my father, I was really tiny. I remember looking up at him and uh, saying, who is that? She's so beautiful. And he explained that she was Marilyn Monroe. And um, my parents started early as far as creating an overachiever. I remember even being in nursery school and we had a day where we talked about what we wanted to do when we grew up. And I decided that I wanted to be a nurse because I really thought the hat that they got to wear was cool. So I remember <laughs> going home, right? Just simple things when you're four. No, like, absolutely. Oh, no, I, I mean, cool hats. I'm all about cool hats. Right. So. Yeah. So I come home and I, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a nurse when I grow up. And my parents were like, no, sweetie, you're going to be a doctor. And, Ah. you know, if I wanted to be a flight attendant, it's no, no, you're going to be a pilot. So um, we were very into careers at that point. And I remember asking, well, what does she do? And my father said, well, she was a movie star. And I that I was done. I was like, well, I am going to be a movie star because I wanted to be like her and be that charismatic and beautiful. And he attempted to correct me (laughs) by saying, well, (laughs) you want to be an actor. Actress, and I, I was down with the star part of it. I oh, even named yeah. my Barbie no, doll star. <laughs> that no, was Kristen, what, I, you know, I can relate. I can relate. Right? <laughs> and, 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 you know, the being Asian, you know, I know all about having that, you know, career talk with my parents from a very young age. So I know exactly right. what you're talking about. It goes across all ethnicities. I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, for better or for worse. But so that initial, um, you know, story I share with everyone because I really did have this very creative bent. I was able to um, relate to people on an emotional level. I was able to give presentations. It was really my calling to connect with individuals on that deep level. And it wasn't really well received in my household. My father was a pilot and aeronautical engineer um, and really it couldn't conceptualize what it, how I would make a living or how that would work unless you could see it, feel it, touch it, or it was a, you know, a profession such as being a doctor or being a lawyer that didn't really make a lot of sense. So there were a lot of talks about, you know, how I was going to make a living and if I should get a teaching degree with that and where would I get my PhD so that I could, you know, and, um, I really bought into that, you know, because it was very young. I was very young when I decided that I wanted to do this. And even though I had a lot of talent and I pursued it, I still worried about, I took on their angst as my own. Mm. So when I got to college and I started studying acting that, you know, inner voice, uh, you know, how are you going to do this? How are you going to make money? This is an expensive school. How are you going to pay your bills when you graduate? You can't eat pizza every meal. So, um, little voice that just, yeah, Yeah. doubt, the fear and doubt, and it will consume you. So I really disconnected from that for a very long time. And it was only after I I um, had my spiritual crisis, I like to say, uh, where I lost my husband, I lost my dog, I lost it all. And I really had to rebuild myself 3000 miles away from where I had spent the last 20 years that I was able to reconnect with that and realize that creativity and presentation skills and everything that I loved really were my calling. Um, So I guess, you know, my best advice is stick with what you know. If there's an inner voice that you have when you're young to do something, you should do it come hell or high water. Wow, that's great, Kristen. So you you talked a little bit about your passion and it sounds like a little bit of the acting and the actress in you has kind of stayed with you throughout. I mean, I know, you know, I've known you for many years. You're a dynamic presenter. You're a great speaker. So, you know, it's it sounds like little bits and pieces of all of your careers have kind of culminated and you're sort of connecting the dots towards your passion. 
Absolutely. And I, you know, I've never felt so unfulfilled as when I had to sit in the cube farm every day, <laughs> even if it was helping people and making a difference from my perspective. But um, my current job now where I do give presentations and obviously this podcast and coaching where I'm, you know, speaking to groups of women, it really fills me up because not only am I doing what I know I'm good at and what I love, but it's on a topic now that I think resonates with everyone. And I think it's of the utmost importance. So, well, Krista, yeah. one of the things I really admire about you is that you are such a giving person and that <laughs> you're just your genuineness and the level of care that you have for people that you touch, you know, in your work and your coaching. I mean, that's just a gift and an inspiration. So I just, I want to say you. thank you. I mean, I've known you for a long time and, you know, I feel like it's a blessing in my life to, to know you and to have that connection. Well, Let's pivot a little bit. You know, we've talked a little bit about challenges that you've had, and I, these are ones that I'm very familiar with. I think a lot of our listeners can relate. But in particular, let's dig a little deeper. Was there a time, and can you share a story in which you failed or faced a huge, what seemed like an insurmountable challenge, but that ended up being sort of a valuable learning experience or a road to success? Yes, <laughs> I've had <laughs> loaded questions. So yes, it's, it's I a mean, big one. Who hasn't? I've had so many failures. We could have a 10 hour podcast on all of my failures. And maybe we but, will. Right, I right. Think we, you know, I think it's, um, it's an important discussion. Yeah. Um, the biggest failure uh, to date, and I'm sure others will come, but I'm determined to learn from them at this point, but where I also failed because I wasn't learning the lesson that I needed to immediately, but it was definitely my divorce. And, you know, it wasn't, didn't have anything to do with who the man I was married to. He was a, a wonderful person, but I knew bef before we were even engaged that we had learned what we needed to learn from each other. And the relationship was on the demise, but I was, in my, I was 30, I believe at the time when we became engaged, I had that fear gremlin, as we just talked about in my head, this is it. This is the last stop. Who's going to want to be with you? You're getting so old. What about children? What about this and that? And even though I knew it wasn't the right thing, I ended up marrying the man anyway. Um, and when I say it wasn't the right thing, literally the universe was trying to intervene. We were married um, in Costa Rica and there were fires, wildfires on the hillside the day of our wedding. There were record tides and tidal waves coming onto the beach where we had to move the ceremony location. And then to top everything off, the official that was scheduled to marry us was in a car accident. Oh, my God. So, right, as if there were not Well, Kristen, who directed signs. your wedding? Was it Roland Emmerich? I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, the universe, I've heard uh, it said, you know, you'll get these little whispers in your life when you know you're not on the right path. And then it becomes bigger and it becomes a shout and then it becomes a shove. And this was literally someone shoving me with a brick wall saying, please don't do this. So needless to say, the marriage failed. And it took me a while to really make that decision to leave just out of fear and, um, you know, this idea of self preservation, which was selfish at the time. But once I allowed myself to let that go, there was a lot more pain that came at me. But when I was finally able to say, and I think that this is the key, I cannot do this by myself. I am failing at this. I am in a lot of pain and this needs to end. That was when I was able to make the changes. I was able to reach out, say, 
this is not going where I need it to. I actually need some help, which asking I of a German descent. So we do not like to ask for help. We are very pull yourself up by your bootstraps type of people. So that was a huge challenge for me. But once I was able to let that go, that asking for help and reaching out is a weakness, I received what I needed. I found my coach, Laura Murphy in Carlsbad, California, and I was able to make the changes that have really impacted my life. And because she was able to give me that generous gift, I'm here today and I'm able to be a coach to others and to give back. So full circle. Wow. I mean, I can't think of a bigger sort of challenge or failure or dip and then just being able to kind of pivot and climb up a mountain and reach the top where you're now touching other people's lives. That is extraordinary, Kristen. So wonderful. And it just it just speaks to your strength and your character that you were able to do that. So, you know, absolutely. I'm just blown away and speechless. Um, Kristen, we're going to dig a little bit deeper and we're going to talk a little bit about inspiration. So you talked about some individuals who were an inspiration to you throughout your life. And so this is a two part question. Number one, and this is where I like to kind of get into pop culture a little bit, but is there a mm-hmm. movie, a book, a play, or a song that has been greatly influential in your life? Oh, wow. I have about 15 answers for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple a couple of, of answers, if you will indulge me for just a second. One, the first thing that comes to mind is The Alchemist by uh, Paulo Coelho. If you have not read that book, Please read that book. That should be the mantra for every human being on the planet. I'm going to put that on my um, list. So yeah, definitely. Um, it's it talks about following your intuition and your own that we all have a purpose on this planet, and we need to follow our gut in order to find it and to not doubt it and not worry about the naysayers or our ego self or what other people think and really hold true to that. You had said play, and that made me think of. Our town, which probably every high school student in the country has performed. But (laughs) I think it is such an important lesson, Thornton Wilder, just to be present and to appreciate every single moment that we're giving. Life is a gift. We are never promised tomorrow. And to really just be grateful for for the gift that life is uh, in the moment. Um, but the book that had the biggest impact on my life and really changed my trajectory, both personally and professionally, is a book by Pia Melody, and it's called Facing Love Addiction. Um, one of the things that I learned post-divorce is that I am what is known as a love addict. And when we think of addiction, I know most people think of narcotics, heroin, cocaine, alcohol, cigarettes, um, food even. But I had no idea that you could be addicted to people. And it's actually a form of codependency. So what happened was I was dating somebody post-divorce and we ended up breaking up. He, I live in San Diego. He lived in LA. So it was not an easy breakup for myself. I was heartbroken. I had a lot of anxiety. And I found myself back in LA in his neighborhood a few months later attending a workshop. And I believe the anxiety was probably radiating off my body where you could physically see it. I was just a mess. And we were, you know, driving through and I would see a restaurant and it would ping a memory of when we had dinner there and somewhere else and another memory. And it was terrible. And I was with a girlfriend and it, you know, I told her and she took my phone and distracted me. And it took really white knuckling it through the night to not reach out to him and to call him. I so wanted to see him. And I had this association of being in LA as being with him. 
So the next day I'm home and I still have this, you know, palpable anxiety and I'm talking to my girlfriend and I am telling her about this and how it's just so hurtful. And I just feel literally like I might die from it. And she paused and she said this sentence and it changed my entire life. She said, girl, you are addicted to him. Like I am addicted to brownies. Oh my gosh. And I just, the light bulbs, angels, everything went off. And I realized, yes, I am. Is that a thing? Can you be addicted to a human being? And the answer was, yes, there is such a thing as a love addict. There's such a thing as a love avoidant. And because God is hilarious, the two of them attract one another. And I realized how I showed up in every single relationship. I am the common denominator in every romantic relationship I've ever had. So it was so powerful to not only have this knowledge, but it was a book that had a workbook, if you will. And so there were exercises and questions and analysis that I conducted to understand my past patterns. And it certainly wasn't easy to overcome it and to make those changes, but it was so powerful just to know this is how you behave. This is why you behave this way. And this is what you want to do instead. And now this is part of what I teach as far as romantic relationships, and it's changed everything. Oh, wow, Kristen. I mean, as you know, the title of this podcast is Moving Forward, and I can't think of a story that really encompasses that more than the one that you just shared with us. So thank you so much. That is just really powerful. Hey, Moving Forward listeners. If you're enjoying today's episode, consider supporting the podcast. You can purchase a copy of the Corporate Clichés Adult Coloring Book or try out Amazon Prime or Audible using one of my affiliate links, which you can find in the write-up for any of the episodes at bemovingforward.com. Well, this is a two-part question, and uh, the second part of that question, and I think you've, you've talked a little bit about this, but is there a person that you've connected with that really helped you discover your career path and your life's passion? Career path and life passion. There's so many. It's hard to narrow it down to just one with yeah, that know. question. <laughs> I, you know, I have to, I'd like to talk about someone that I have not known for a long period of time, but it has a really, had a really profound impact um, as far as taking chances and, you know, starting, uh, this podcast and, uh, opening myself up to new opportunities. And that's one of my, uh, yoga teachers. Uh, his name is Ryan Krupa. He is someone who is so incredibly spiritual and present and just rawly authentic. And I think when people, you know, we're all so afraid and we're such a posturing, uh, you know, race for lack of a better word, because all of us do this, all of us can resonate with this. But we're so fearful for people to see our true selves. And he is someone who is constantly in the moment, who is not afraid to say exactly what his, uh, is on his mind, is unafraid of the consequences, and is just so unconditionally loving. He has a number of just different mantras he'll repeat in class. But one is that love is not personal. And a lot of people don't really necessarily understand what that means. But we are all interconnected in the human race. And we should love one another simply because we exist. And I think that's one of the things that we all get hung up on. I know I certainly did thinking, you know, if, when, if, when, and achieving because I wasn't secure in the fact that I was worthy of love merely due to the fact that I was born. So he's somebody that really has helped reemphasize that idea and just been an unconditionally loving presence in my life and in all of his students' life. He's just a a wonderful example. Oh, and the fact that 
you were so receptive to hearing that message. And now you want to reciprocate that and share that with others. I mean, that's just, it takes a real strength and generous spirit to be able to do that. So wonderful, wonderful. I mean, inspiring answers to those questions. And I think you've probably reached a lot of people who are struggling with the same things. And I, I have no doubt that you've touched a lot of people with that story. So thank you. Uh, Kristen, what advice do you have for someone who is struggling to find their passion? And I think this is something that a lot of us, most of us, if you will, go through at some yes. point in our lives. And I believe that there are people listening who are struggling right now. And there are people we both know who have been struggling for a long time and may not even be aware of it. So what, what advice do you have for them? You know, some of the best advice I received about my writing is really applicable to finding your passion as well. I used to, when I first started writing, I used to edit my work as I went. And I would not just edit it, I would judge it and I would judge it critically. And I think that that will happen to a lot of us when we're looking to find our passion, that you might be drawn to one thing. Let's say you're drawn to reality television, for lack of a better example, but you don't know how to monetize it. And it might seem silly and you're worried about what other people will think. So you put it into the background and don't pick it up and you know, analyze, well, what is it that you love about it? Is it the connection? Is it the raw emotion? Is it something else? And then taking those qualities and really playing them forward. Where else do I find this raw emotion, this connection, this drama, whatever it happens to be for you? So I think it's just really being present to what lights you up without judgment and without analysis. And I think that is what leads to great things. I think we become so consumed with trying to monetize this and what will other people think and am I worthy and what does this mean? And you just need to enjoy, if nothing else, even if you never make a living at it, enjoy what you're doing in the moment. I think that's when I really lost my way. I lived in D.C. for a very long time and it's a very power hungry place. It's a place full of analytical minds and none of that is bad, but I am a creative spirit. Hey, what are you spirit. trying to say? No, yeah, no, <laughs> none of that is bad, but I am a creative spirit and I really felt as though those two entities couldn't exist in one body. So I shut down the creative piece and was only about the analysis, the law, the legal, the politics, the winning, all of those qualities, completely ignoring um, what really lit me up inside. And it really, it caused a lot of angst and a lot of depression too in my life by just swallowing who I really was. So allow that just to be. And I think once you come to terms and just the, with the truth of you and with your real creative self or, you know, your loving self or what you feel connected to, I think the rest will come if you allow it and if you're patient. Oh, I think that's great advice, Kristen. And uh, ha having lived in California, I, I hear you. <laughs> I do miss it uh, all the time, especially at this time of year. And Kristen, yes. I think your advice, just being authentic, being true to yourself and just, you know, being in the moment. I think that's just critical advice. And I think it's something that we all need reminding. I know I do. And I know so many of our listeners are probably resonating with that message. Um, Kristen, what is next for you? Um, well, this podcast, so we will be um, conducting the weekly podcast yes. and you can touch base with us here. And I have founded a company with you uh, that you mentioned on the last podcast. So Vuavant, V-U-E-A-V-A-N-T, which literally translates to Vision Forward. So we'll be conducting a host of upcoming classes. Um, we'll have blogs and videos over there coming soon. And so you can connect with us there. 
Oh, that's excellent. And yeah, talk about moving forward, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Kristen, I, I have no doubt that you have touched many of our listeners today, and many of whom probably would love to make a connection with you. So what is the best way that our listeners can make that connection with you? Sure. So I am on social media. You can follow me on Facebook. Um, I also invite you to connect on LinkedIn or at uh, www.vuavant.com. Oh, thank you. Kristen, it's been an honor and a privilege, and I am so excited to be co-hosting this podcast with you. And to our listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you. Your time is valuable, and we hope that what we share with you, you will find some passion, some inspiration, and that you'll be able to discover the extraordinary and move forward in your own life. So we ask you to support us. If you like what you hear, rate us, Review us and subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. And please, please share this podcast with your friends, your colleagues, and anyone who you feel like needs to find their passion where we just would like to listen to some interesting stories because Kristen and I are going to be interviewing some amazing guests. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And Kristen, thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) All right. This has been Moving Forward, and we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Now it's time for you to move forward and discover the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and BeMovingForward.com. All rights reserved.